of Creepshow's fantastic work to the top, and then uh, a tweet to the drive. I mean, uh, to the drop. I want to make sure that I have the most relevant tweet uh, pinned first. So I'm just sort of pinning some uh, backlog stuff for anyone who is listening and would like to look through her fantastic work. Amazing. And everyone, thank you all so much for coming in. Uh, we're really excited to have Creep Show. If you don't mind to retweet the space or even just leave a comment in the bottom right corner, hit that button and let people know how excited you are. It helps push the space out. It does support the algorithm so more people will hear about today's space to celebrate Creep Show's nifty gateway drop. So please, by all means, hit that bottom right corner, hit that comment button. Show some love. Show some love for Creepshow, our amazing guest today. Ready, our amazing host. I'll be in the background being a creep, and I can't wait to hear the conversation the both of you have today. Thank you so much, Marv. I think this is going to be a wonderful one. I'm very, very excited for it. Hi, guys. How are y'all doing? Pretty good. How are you? Doing well. Just, you know, getting everything ready and retweeting the space out stuff like that yeah of course this is a very exciting time i am uh i'm very excited for the results and i i wish you all the best thank you i'm i'm super excited i had this planned for a while so i'm happy to be here yeah this is this is really going to be um very cool i'm super excited to learn so much more about this drop and your process overall um this is i'm i'm Happy to say that I was a fan of your art um, back when I was on Instagram. And then when I rediscovered your work on Twitter, I was like, oh, this is sick. I'm so happy about this. And like to actually have the chance to interview you is pretty cool. Oh, wow. From Instagram? That's crazy. I, I feel like I, I'm i always trying to figure out how to reinvent myself on Instagram because it's such a different type of social media to yeah. get through compared to Twitter. Like Twitter's my home. So it's cool to see that you were looking at my work on Instagram. Yeah, I used to not be on Twitter at all. So it was a major transition for me. And like whenever I see artists that I used to really like when I was on Instagram on Twitter now, it's like pretty exciting. Oh, I, I've always been a Twitter person even before I, I did any art or anything like that. I think I definitely was on Twitter like in the early days, like probably 2009 or something, like really far back. That's awesome. Well, again, thank you so much for being here uh, with us today. Would you uh, mind pinning the most relevant tweet for the drop uh, to the space? Oh, yeah. Let's see. I feel like I tweeted a bunch of things, but um, yeah, let me find some things to pin no at the problem. top. Yeah, I just figured while we're still giving people some time to filter in here, that would uh, it, it's I, I'm going to try from now on to ask the artist what they feel is like the most relevant tweet for the drop, because if I'm pinning it, I'll just pin a bunch of random things. So, yeah, I have I have way too many tweets about <laughs> the drop. I feel like they're all all of them count. They're all relevant. OK, for the project and stuff. That's true. They do. They do all generally redirect traffic back to the drop. That is that is correct. Mm hmm. But we will we'll give people just a little bit more time to filter in here before we start really getting into it. But aside from that, how are you doing today? I'm good. I'm on vacation in Miami. Very um, nice. Super hot out. Just hanging out with the fam. Um, yeah, I'm only here for a few more days, I think. Um, Very cool. Yeah, just a chill day. Might go to the beach. Going to a drag show tonight. Which oh, be hell fun. yeah. Yeah, it's going to be kind of cool. I haven't been to one out here. I've only been to one, uh, been to a few on the on the West Coast. But yeah, I just wanted, I wanted to do this drop um, while I was here. I don't know why. I was like really trying to get everything done before I left for my, for my Christmas trip. Sure. So yeah, I definitely worked really hard before I, I finally like chilled out and actually had a real vacation. So yeah, just been enjoying the weather. Haven't been here in like seven years, I think. So it's kind of nostalgic coming back and yeah, just been vibing, figuring out what I'm going to do next year for art, 
think about what I'm going to do for the next volume on Nifty and things like that. Just wanted to do something for the end of the year and just have kind of a, you know, end of the year blowout kind of thing. Very nice. What has been the best and worst part of Miami? Um, the best was probably seeing my family again because it's been quite some time since I moved out to LA. I haven't really seen them since. Okay. So finally got to come out here for Christmas. So definitely that. The worst is like, I don't even, I don't know. I don't really like, I want to say I don't like the people, but there's like a very okay. strange Florida energy that just permeates every city here. Right. <laughs> Florida like, is pretty wild. Yeah, it's definitely a weird, weird place. But I also don't like the humidity. I don't really have that in L.A. It's just very dry desert. Um, yeah, so it's I'm not really about the humidity just being like semi-sticky all the time. It's not mm. something I've missed. Uh, but yeah, overall, it's been a good trip done a lot of things um went to some art galleries yesterday very nice yeah just kind of chilling out till i think i leave on new year's day so okay yeah that is a very nice trip i'm I'm glad that you're getting able to reconnect with your family and spend uh time with them during the holiday season yeah it's been a it's been a good time i i was i normally go to arizona so this is a a nice switch up for for the new year yeah Definitely. Arizona is, I think, a very different place from Florida, but similar in some ways, too. Yeah, I think there's a, the people in Arizona are interesting as well. Like, I I don't know, coming from L.A., it's like, I see so many different cultures and families and people, and everywhere else just feels like NPCs just walking around. Like, I don't think anyone's real. (laughs) Yeah, there, there is a big NPC energy to the suburbs in a lot of ways. Very true. Yeah, that's why I left my um, I left my hometown in New York because I felt that I wasn't able to grow creatively. I wanted to move somewhere where I can kind of be around my people and other creative minds. And small towns really? don't really offer that. No, not usually. There are very few and far between to find, like, the art-focused small-town communities. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree. It's, uh, I mean, I mean, I'm from upstate New York, and I recently I've been seeing some artists on Instagram, and their, like, location is from my hometown, and I'm like, wow, like, you're doing the thing out there? Like, good for you. I could not. I just need to be somewhere where there's always, like, new events happening and galleries and, you know, in a nice hub where I can meet people true no uh, the hub and and the the sense of community is huge in in sense of like really mutually facilitating that sense of creating it's like excuse me you influence and uh inspire each other when you're in like such a art readily accessible community yeah that's that's very true i like i used to live on campus for school in new york and i felt like more motivated to do my craft while I was like within the communities there and LA even though I'm not in in college out here anymore it's nice to have Twitter being that kind of source for everyone to just talk to each other and network and things like that and then from there like I've met a few artists out here in LA uh having since known them on Twitter and such so it's cool to kind of get together with people and do art or go view art together and things it's kind of mind-blowing honestly but it's still very cool that i get to do that yeah no that's that's one of the things that i've talked about with people it's like when we go to these irl events and we finally get to see all of these people that like we talk to online like so regularly it's such a um irreplaceable feeling to like that physical connection because when you go to something like basil or nft like wherever it um it really feels so surreal because it's like super college. You're around all of these people that you like really want to hang out with and you're all there for like the mutually like same reason more or less. And it's, it's such a rewarding experience that like I've never really encountered in any other like area of art that I, that I've been in. Yeah. I, I've 
I've had like online friends my whole life and I've actually like um, from different fandoms I used to be in as a teenager and I would meet people at different events um, for TV shows and things like that and different cons and um, it was always surreal like meeting like your best friend online after knowing them for however long and you just like get to vibe together and now as an adult doing that with like you know my art career and people who are just you know like-minded people as you and actually like to discuss art like that's freaking awesome and yeah I've been to I've been to a few places and I've been to like Super Chief and FT this past September for a piece I had in a gallery and it was very awesome meeting like people who do AI and photographers and there's a lot of physical traditional artists as well it's once you get everybody together in like one space you kind of realize how massive the digital world is and how we all come from so many different parts of the world to experience it together yeah crazy no it is most definitely very crazy um and just the accessibility we have to getting like our our artwork in front of so many different types of people who really resonate with it is so incredibly gratifying because that's what we really want at the end of the day i don't know i think many artists that i speak to talk about how we don't really care about the size of our audience so much so that we care about the connections that we're able to actually make between our art and our audience yeah i agree i i never thought i would gain a following that I have because I I remember just sharing my art on Twitter without even really trying to make anything out of it like I was just in the pandemic I was like oh I'll just paint you know I'll just post my drawings and my little my little doodles and things like that and then eventually I just started talking with different parts of the art community on Twitter and there's so many niches on Twitter like I sometimes I feel like I know everyone on our Twitter and then I don't <laughs> like there's just it just everyone keeps multiplying um so I once I started getting traction for my work I was pretty shocked because I didn't think anyone would care that much to continuously follow me or continuously try to keep up with what I'm doing and the projects that I'm working on and it's cool like every once in a while I get like a DM or something or a message or whatever of someone like getting my art tattooed or someone telling me like oh this piece like really helped them throughout the day and I just never even thought that a piece could have that much like visceral emotion attached to it for someone else other than me as the artist so it's cool having like those people you know few and far between who really take the time out of their day to give you recognition and makes you feel I don't even know. I don't even know how to describe the the feeling of it, but it's just a very surreal experience. And it's also gratifying because I don't give myself enough credit and I don't really sit down and look at my successes a lot. And a lot of times I don't see it, my successes as something that's like valuable in my eyes. Like I'm always pushing to do more and I have to kind of sit and reflect of the shit I actually have done in the year and beyond and all that. So it's cool, you know, having someone just come to you. It's like someone giving you a nice compliment in the day. Like, it kind of sticks with you for a while. And, you know, that really makes, like, your day or makes you feel a little bit different about yourself in, like, a more positive way. It's kind of crazy how we have influences on each other like that. Yeah, it is. And, again, like I said earlier, it's sort of that, like, accessibility to connectivity on different levels and, like, having those relationships form with people through like either our artwork or like digital media is pretty surreal to to see the influence that we are able to have in the way that we're able to have it Mm -hmm. absolutely but i think now we have uh a good handful of friends in here so if you want to start bringing us through uh your nifty gateway drop here that would be absolutely fantastic if you would like to start from i guess the uh inception of it to the execution of it i want to hear about all of it well i never really planned for this drop until like i got invited onto nifty gateway i think it was in like 
October or something, maybe November. It was very close to the time and date now. And I was like, well, I'm pushing everything over and I'm just going to make a nifty collection. Like, that's just what I'm going to do. And so I just kind of made that my end of the year project. And I went through so many trials and errors of what I wanted to be the art pieces, how I was going to do them, how many I wanted to have. And then went through so many different ways of trying to figure out how to actually execute them and put them on the website and kind of learn the nifty market and learn how things go. And even still, I'm unsure of what I'm doing, even now that it's live. And literally my volume one drop is saying that it's only 12 hours until it closes. And I know for a fact I put it as a 24 hour open edition. So I'm like, okay, well, we're learning. We I don't know what's going on, but it's been quite a learning experience, you know, navigating the new platform and for me and figuring out what I want to exhibit. And so I kind of, the the idea of eternal devotion came from uh, this concept I've been enjoying viewing as a, just, just as a, a lover of looking at art and things like that. Um, I, I've always been inspired by neoclassical portraiture and recently some pieces from, from the 1800s, early, early 20th century. And um, I knew I wanted to create something that had a biblical kind of metaphor within it. Like I, a lot of my art has this angelic kind of theme within some of my pieces even just my landscapes that I make it feels a little bit more like divine in a, in a in a colorful kind of way so I just wanted to emphasize that kind of concept for my work and I wanted to make something that was you know something that had lust versus virtue or you know heaven and hell I, I love having contrasting metaphors within my work and it's something that I've already kind of played with a little bit with some of my candle pieces that I've done last year um so that this kind of religious theme is something that I've picked on a little bit and then I just kind of really wanted to delve into it and yeah then I kind of just developed three pieces for that and I did create two drops it's essentially one drop, but I had to create two because I found out that you can't put an open edition in the same drop as like a drawing or a ranked auction. I have absolutely no idea why, but um, I was researching that a bunch on Nifty and they said, as of now, we don't put those together. So I had to do, I was like, okay, two drops, whatever. It, it They're all their own pieces. And I kind of like how my open edition stands alone in a way. It, it does kind of look very clean and concise so two drops doesn't really feel like I'm doing a crazy amount so it's um yeah it was, it's just been a whole learning experience for me and uh I'm really happy with it and definitely within the next year I'm going to be working on volume three I have no idea how many I'm going to do I don't know if I'd move anything to, as a one of one it's just kind of as I go is how I've been navigating the whole process so what would you say has been one of the most or like a, a couple of the most valuable things that you have learned um in this process so far um i've learned a little bit more about how nifty's market works and how i, I basically just learned like what drawings are ranked auctions raffles things like that um i've never really done anything other than a bidder's edition and one of ones I I really haven't navigated doing anything more than that so I've been learning a lot more about how the nft space functions and how it works on this platform I've done a lot of research on other people's drops um, a lot of other one of one artists have helped me out and gave me a little their advice on what I should do and I, I went through so many different ways like I was originally going to drop one of ones on here and then I kind of realized that um, on nifty things are 
a little bit different in how you cater to different audiences. So things that are more addition-like tends to do very well on here. So that's something that I was like, okay, I'm trying to learn how to price things and such. So I definitely have been learning a lot more about the market. I always feel like I'm a fish out of the water um, in the space. And I don't think that will ever go away <laughs> in any capacity. Like we're all just trying to catch up with how fast this market changes and grows and fluctuates. So uh, yeah, just trying to see what what fits. And I, I'm also an artist who always likes to price I like to price my work from at all different points, um, different price points, because I like having it accessible to so many different people. And of course, the market has changed so much within the last year uh, that sometimes things are more expensive now compared to a year ago with Ethereum, for example. And so I just felt very okay with pricing my work a little bit lower for this even though I have additions out, it, it feels like a bigger success than having like a really, really expensive piece out just sitting on the, on the, on the blockchain. So it, it feels very communal, I guess, to have um, low price points for my work on here. And it's, it's, uh, it's, it's, it was challenging, but I find it very rewarding, even though I, it just dropped, I still find it very very rewarding to finally have been able to do this and especially at the end of the year yeah what a way to wrap things up honestly you know i know it's oops sorry oh no go ahead i was just agreeing (laughs) oh yeah no i was i gotta say it really uh it has to feel like a very um culminating experience to end the year with like a drop basically as it's ending so i mean that that really is a very special uh finale to to a year yeah, I, I uh, normally I just mint whenever I feel like it. Like I don't really have a strategy to things. Sometimes I, I get really impulsive with posting my work and I'm like, oh, I'm in today. Like just wake up and I'm like, sure, like I'll, I'll set a reserve. Like, I don't know. I just kind of go with the flow. I don't like to really stress myself out too much more than I already am. So having actually something structured and planned which I tend to do for like my actual physical paintings and things like that. Like I, I always have an outline and such, but to have an outline for a full collection was something I've never really done before. So it felt like a very big accomplishment and figuring out when to do it at the end of the year. Like I didn't want it too close to Christmas, but I didn't want it like right when new year's is happening. I want it like right in the sweet spot where people are, you know, wrapping up everything on Twitter and, Everyone's kind of enjoying what they've done throughout the year. And I was like, I'm just going to drop. I think this will be really cool. I haven't seen anyone do a nifty drop right now. So it, it's it's all <laughs> I, I really want to do something big for the end of the year. And I didn't it didn't feel like something I want to do for the beginning of 2023. I have no idea what I'm going to be doing, but I think um. I think I'm definitely going to continue with some nifty uh, into the new year and see how that goes. And very cool. Yeah. So, Oh, did you have a question? No, no, I'm good. All right. Um, Again, I'm very excited. I want to start in in a couple minutes of, of going through the, the pieces like thematically maybe maybe one by one or as much description as as you would like to share with us because they are gorgeous and i i really would love to hear more about them from from your personal perspective sure um i can i can maybe start with the open edition piece like the the title of it all eternal devotion um i never this one doesn't necessarily have too much of a story sometimes my pieces have a really intricate kind of meaning that then can be subjective to anyone who wants to interpret it in their own way but I uh, I don't know I've always done nude art I love um, traditional art in the sense of you know painters painting goddesses and different mythical beings and higher beings and it always just looks so beautiful and something that's always intrigued me and probably one of my favorite art styles um, 
just anything from the Renaissance and neoclassical and things like that of that nature, which kind of has lived. I mean, there's so many different eras of art, but I've always seen this kind of style fluctuate specific for, for hundreds of years. Like I've studied a lot of Dutch art from like the 1400s. Uh, and then mostly Dutch and Roman. And then in, I've been looking at a bit of art from the 1800s now. So it's something that's kind of gone in and out in between uh, different art movements, which I thought was really interesting. It's kind of feels timeless. And I wanted, to, anytime I, I work digitally, I most of the time try to emulate how I paint physically. I'm an oil painter. So I have so many different brushes and tools and textures that I try to make it feel real in a way. Like sometimes you can tell when something's digitally done and I like having that. I don't know what the word is for it, but I like having that. Like illusion almost. Yeah. The, yeah. The, like a visual illusion of, Oh, this could be a picture. This could be a physical painting and things like that. So that's kind of what I was going for. Um, concept wise a bit um so yeah there really isn't much uh, story to it other than kind of the full theme of the whole of the whole drop which is devoting yourself to whether it's a god or a a religion or or just a, a belief or faith that you have um you devote yourself so much to it that it can make you really vulnerable. It can, you can be really naive um, or ignorant uh, or you just end up getting yourself hurt in the end. And that kind of juxtaposition with something that's so holy and divine that a lot of um, religions have most, I mostly based off of um, Catholicism. I, I grew up as a Catholic and I was um went to Sunday school and I read the Bible as like bedtime stories. Like it was something that I was brought up with for many, many years and something that's always intrigued me. And even though I'm not a follower of any, any Catholic faith, I am still very interested in it. And I, I adore a lot of the stories from it and the way that things are written within Genesis and revelations and things like that. It's, it's cool to study from a, an artistic point of view. So that was kind of really the biggest influence. And yeah, I feel like eternal devotion was just a good way to title it and really encapsulate everything within like under one umbrella, you know, and eternal devotion at the, the phrase itself came from, this song that is escaping me right now I'm gonna pull it up but there's this really amazing artist um I don't even know what the genre is um if my Spotify will open uh her name is Lingi Ignota and she's this like visceral vocal raw singer like she just her vibe is very much like female rage (laughs) and her latest album is entitled sinner get ready and she has um i think it was the first song it's like 10 minutes long it's called the order of spiritual virgins and that song is just like the industrial complex of it like production wise is maddening like I literally like laid on the floor and stared at my ceiling listening to this entire album and I only listened to it recently and it really fueled like this project so if anyone's interested in listening to it's just it's filled with like hymns and organs but also just like clamor of production and her lyrics are can be very disturbing they're very vulnerable and raw Um, and it was it just felt like this push and pull of someone being so devoted to their faith, but then also fearing God and, and fearing like the terrible things that has happened to them at the same time. It's, it's, it's a view. It's a beautiful, like, like music piece that I've, I've listened to in a very long time. So that really helped me kind of navigate the poetry of what I was going for. 
with that. But yeah, that's that's a little bit of the first piece, I'd say. That is really cool. I, I love the way that you speak about music influencing your process. I think that many artists go through similar experiences where they spend a lot of time with a specific uh work of music or or body of work or artists or what have you while they're creating and like the influence that that can have is extremely powerful yeah i'm not one to normally be influenced by music so much like i mean i am just in my daily life of however i'm feeling in the moment but towards my art i i normally just listen to um cinematic music scores and soundtracks and things like that all instrumental anytime I paint um most of the time when I work digitally I just tend to listen to like soundtracks that make me feel like I'm in some sort of fantastical world so to have this um album center get ready was something really big and I was like wow like this actually I've never had something that has like lyrics and its own story and pieces in her in her work uh, were based off of some poetry that's been done as well and I also have done poetry for many years so it, it was cool to kind of gather all of these different creative aspects and and have it be a really big inspiration for the project is that anything you can see yourself exploring in the future? A musical connection between or like a, a multimedia project that spans uh, audio visual connection? That would be very awesome. I don't have any knowledge or any type of talent with music production. Other, I mean, I've worked with bands in LA. Like I, I, I've worked with like producers as in like an intern so I I've only seen how things are made I have never really done it myself but it'd be really cool to either collab with someone or figure it out on my own I've always learned and taught myself with any kind of creative outlet I've done and I play I play a number of instruments on my own so I could honestly probably come up with something but having big projects really overwhelm me and I like to just have one little thing at a time so maybe maybe in the future I definitely would like to combine realms and and see where that takes me but in the near future maybe not so much okay that's fine it you know it's it's still interesting to hear that you know the door is open and it's very cool that you play different instruments uh how long have you been doing that for oh man i don't know i was a band geek for maybe since i was in fifth grade and i played the flute in my band for many years and then I was self-taught with violin and electric guitar and acoustic. And then I just picked up an ocarina because I just had a Lord of the Rings like moment <laughs> over the summer. And I was like, I want, I want to play, I want to just play that. And then uh, there's other like instruments that I have like saved oh, like on my phone of like, I'm like, oh, maybe I'll just try that one day just to do. And I've always just had a million different hobbies and I've always missed playing music and just kind of jamming out so yeah that's something I just have dabbled in a bit I'm not good in any any of them <laughs> I just know the basics but it's something that I like to experiment with no that's still really cool it's um I think a lot of people struggle with like self-starting and and learning new things like that so even just the fact that you've started to learn so many different instruments and like are familiar with them is impressive in and of itself thank you yeah I I'm like oh yeah I play like six instruments and everyone's like what the fuck I'm like but like very badly all of them (laughs) (laughs) but it's still fun you know I just get to play around and yeah. yeah, an ocarina is pretty cool. Not not everyone knows how to play an ocarina these days. Yeah, I they're really they're really intricate. Uh, For sure, super cool, and there's so many different versions of them as well. I I definitely would love to have like a little collection of them and things like that. It's something I want to make in the future. Like I want to physically make my own instruments uh, when I'm back so like sick. in the ramp studio. Yes, you need to do that. That that sounds so cool. Yeah, like just wood carve something or whatever. Sounds really cool. Yeah, either out of wood or um, ceramics. Yeah, I think my ocarina is ceramic and then it's glazed on the outside. I think 
pretty sure yep. that's what it is. Yeah, I'm watch. pretty sure that's the most common way. Mm-hmm. Um, so let's see. Would you mind taking us through the other piece in your drop now? Sure. So the other drop. Oh, you know, um, I'm going to go to your page real quick and pin the individual piece to the top of the space as well. Yes. Okay. So the first one is um, Suffer Does the Sinner Crawl to Light. That one I put blood, sweat, and tears into. It's a really, I don't know the exact measurements, but it's a really big um, uh, oil painting on wood. And I probably put maybe 40, at least 40 hours into it. And I painted it over a span of like six days. And I did it like every single day before I went on my vacation. And I had that piece planned probably almost the entire year. I just never did it because I was so scared of challenging myself in that way because I had to do perspective on the church. And I just, I don't know, there's a lot of challenging aspects of it that made me not want to start doing it. So I just kept putting it off forever and ever and ever. And I was like, fuck it, this is when we're doing it. And of course, let's do it in a very limited amount of time, <laughs> just just to make myself more stressed. So um, this piece is based off of the show Midnight Mass. I don't know if anyone's seen it. It's on Netflix. I've been told to watch it, but I have not watched it yet. Well, now is, now is your chance. Okay. <laughs> so no, that's good. This is this show, I think, I think it came out last year. I'm pretty sure I saw it this year, though. Um, but the director, Mike, Mike Flanagan, he made the shows like The Haunting of Hill House and The Haunting of Blind Manor. So it's oh, much... I watched those. Yeah, so it's, it's, okay. it's very much the same um, kind Vibe. of spooky style. Yeah, some, some actors that were in previous miniseries were in this as well, which is cool oh, to okay, see. Okay. But the show itself, if, if other some of you haven't seen it... Um, it's just basically this little fishing town and they're all very devout. Um, I want to say Catholics, maybe Christians. I'm not entirely sure what it was, um, but they're very devout to their religion and their priest was dying. And he said he was like, Oh, I'm leaving. Like I'm not coming back. And then they have a new priest that comes into town and all these omens start happening and all these crazy phenomenons start happening in the town. And it's this very crazy story. Um, And it's probably my favorite piece of work that I've seen in a while. One so much that made me want to, you know, do a whole painting on it. And um, yeah, it's pretty powerful stuff. Yeah. So it's, it's, there's a lot of metaphors in my painting that are a, a bit direct to the piece um mostly the fire and the flames um of the church and of the the figure at the at the uh foreground and i basically referenced that show i bought the art of horror book that was made for the show it mapped out all of the blueprints for the church so i oh, that's pretty sick yeah i strategically like sketched out the church probably like three or four times I'm not one to like repetitively sketch before I work but I really wanted to get it right and um then I have my own little twist on it at the same time it's it's not like the original church has like stairs and like a ramp and like railings like I didn't add any of that so I just kind of measured it to my liking for my piece and um yeah the book itself was really awesome it was cool to see a book on just a little mini series and to see how the colors were selected for the cinematography and what all the actors had to say for the show is a really in-depth process for this piece. Um, and then I was also influenced by Briscoe Park, who's a good friend of mine here, who's a crazy photographer, like so insane. And I asked him a long time ago if I could reference some of his photography. He has a lot of works that are like, in Louisiana, like really dark, swampy, but like has a really bright light on the trees. And he has a lot of church photography as well. And I really looked at that and studied how the light bounces um, in his work. And he was super honored <laughs> for me to, to look at his stuff for the, for this piece. So that was also a big lighting influence. And then the figure in the foreground was based off 
of this painting by Miles Johnston, who's this crazy, crazy sketch artist here on Twitter. I'll post his work. Um, he did this really amazing oil painting called Agony that has been on my mind for so long. And um, I was like, I just need to, I just need to reference this. So uh, here I'll post his piece here. So yeah, I've had a lot of little influences the whole way. And the whole idea is a little bit of what I talked about before is, you know, dedicating yourself so much to something that it doesn't even need to be religion related, but dedicating yourself so much to something that you're almost just blind to the hurt that can come from that. Like, you know, just even, even like a toxic relationship or something, like you just give so much of yourself that you end up getting hurt in the end and that's kind of the idea here where you know the figure in the in the foreground she's being burned but she's still reaching for the candlelight like she's still reaching for for that you know hope so that was kind of the whole idea of of this piece and it's it was so challenging just the colors I never really worked with anything so dark before it's you know I've never done figures in this position I've never even painting painted a building like I've never done that so this was all very new for me so this was probably like a really big accomplishment in general for the whole year for me was was um was this one yeah it is it is a gorgeous piece um it really shows like a lot of um thought and just sorry I don't mean just thought but like a lot of planning and execution like you can really tell that you put um a lot of depth into the details and like it's just it's it's a very well executed piece and to hear more about the process and to hear how thorough it was is really inspiring and really cool to to know that you went to such great depths to make sure that you were accurately like portraying something specific that you really had like intention upon yeah i don't think i've ever really have done so much work for a piece other than um, this other wood piece I did last year called Synthetic Tragedy. It's deep somewhere in my media. I don't even know where it is, <laughs> but it's like two two candles as figures like sitting on marble steps. And it was just, I had, I was measuring things. I was scaling things from my sketchbook to the wood it was a lot of math and that it, it kind of felt the same way for this piece. Cause it was actually on the same canvas. It, I just had, I had, I had two of them and I had been holding onto this wood for a really long time until I wanted to do something just as big. So, and, and working with oil is so much different than, than my iPad. Like I, oh, I oil have, is one of the most difficult mediums for anyone who is uh, unfamiliar with it. Yeah. It's, it's always challenging, even though I've, I've worked with it for almost three years now. It's still very intimidating. It's a very intimidating medium. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I just wish I had an undo button sometimes. (laughs) I wish I could, you know, blend how I can blend on my iPad and not muddy my colors. And it's very crazy. So, yeah, but it, it felt right to do it in a traditional sense like some pieces I don't know I just feel like one is better on on procreate one may be better on canvas it's yeah it's artist feel of it yeah definitely the intuition for that yeah a hundred percent no I get that completely it's one of the most important tools we have yeah that was that one was just solely off based off of tuition in my gut (laughs) for a week working on that one yeah, and I mean, the, like I said, it, it really shows that the piece is beautiful, and I, I love hearing about the process and, and how it was influenced and created, and the ties that the the pieces now have to the backstory is, is so prominent. It's very cool. Thank you. It was it's a big weight off of my shoulders to finally have that, that project done. Yeah, no It's a long time coming. <laughs> Uh, that being said, is there anything else in particular you want to say about either of the pieces, uh, before I just sort of ask any of my own questions that I have about them? Well, I have one more in the drop, actually. Oh, right, right, right. Duh. Mm-hmm. My bad. No, all good. I was like, oh God, is it up there? Yeah. Um, yeah, the third one, Heaven Sent, 
it's also on it's a, it's an oil painting um yeah. i think i did this one in a couple days but it was based off of um this story that my dad told me he was always like a very religious man and he told me this story one time that he used to be in the air force and he was sitting on his top bunk going to bed and his door opened up and it was like this bright light and clouds coming out and he heard the voice of God and he, he told me that God asked him like, Oh, are you ready? Like as if like, you know, this is your time to leave this realm. And then my dad said he wasn't. And then like the clouds went away and the door closed and that was that. And in general, like, my dad was always someone who was a big fish storyteller. He always said things that never really made any sense, and you couldn't really ever tell if he was telling the truth or not, and I don't know, but I just know for sure he was a very big believer and and of his faith and things like that, so it was just a story that always stuck with me, and I felt like I could put a piece of myself a bit in, in the painting, or just the project in general. So I was uh, just kind of emulating that story a bit. And all the times, like, you know, me and my mom would drive around as a kid. And it would just be, it had been raining and the clouds part and the sun rays come down. And I always tell, my mom would always tell me that, like, oh, that's grandma saying hello. Like, just yeah. the sun rays. You know, there's, you feel like that heavenly connection with, with the sun. So, I don't know, it's just something that I, I just thought would be really beautiful to do but I did it in more of darker tones more of something like the rays coming in through through very dark clouds and a dark sea and at the top of the the sun I was trying I was just experimenting with the sun rays and I just put two on each side there and it looked to me it looks like angel wings and I just kept it because it felt like a sign or something to me I don't know it was it was just like, I'm just going to keep that. Like, it looks kind of like wings of some sort. And so, yeah, that was, this was the first piece I did for the project. I'm pretty sure I just had this one ready. And then when I created the the whole idea of eternal devotion, I was like, oh, this one fits perfectly. I was already kind of working within that nature. So, yeah, that's a little bit about the the last piece in the collection. That is amazing. And you know what? You're very right. I, I really like the um the pe- like the connection you draw between the sun being something that like we associate with warmth and like divinity in the way in that way. I don't know. We have like a very special connection a lot of us between the sun and like the light that it creates. So it's very cool to hear you describe that and then also look at the piece and see how somber it is. And, like, seeing how you're exploring the other side of, like, that concept of, of sunlight really bringing us so much light and joy and, like, how powerful it can be even in, like, a minimal setting like that. Yeah, there's <clears throat> there's so many different interpretations of even just the sun and the moon and how artists kind of create the universe through their eyes. I, I mean, I've done a lot of different interpretations of the sun with my Icarus paintings, and it's interesting. It's never, like, something I it, I intend to do. They just kind of show up <laughs> in my pieces, and I always do them in a different way. It just kind of, they just kind of follow me around in my work, which is cool. <laughs> it is very cool. And um, this is a very, like, well-tailored drop. I think that there's a lot that can be said about each piece. And, like, it really speaks to um, your overall quality, like, as an artist and the quality of work that you produce. Because when you look at them, I feel like they definitely look like they uh, they were all created by the same person. I get that a lot. And it's almost ironic because I always feel like my work never, like, looks cohesive. I always feel like I, I I mean I feel like I'm always making something different which I am. I mean it to me I always feel like I'm starting from scratch as an artist every single time. Like I have like things in my tool belt that I know how to do and I know what my strengths are and things like that, but at the end of the day, I feel like every time I post my work, I'm like are people going to like this? Like it just doesn't feel like signature creep show. I don't know. It's I think it's like some imposter syndrome or something, but um, I do 
people do always tell me that they recognize my work, which feels good because I know that I, I know for sure that I'm not creating something that's repetitive. So it's nice to hear that because I don't tell myself that often. Yeah, definitely. I think that that really is one of like the uh, the most important things that we don't always we don't want to say that we really put a focus on it like all the time. But like that recognition that we build just subtly over time through creation is something that can really resonate with a lot of people. And like it, it, it is ultimately what relates us like our artwork back to ourselves and how we redirect attention back to our work. And that association is, is a very powerful thing for every artist. Yeah, I definitely see myself and my each of my works in some capacity all the time, even though I feel like I'm always changing. There's still like a little bit of that little me, little artist in me within my work all the time. Yeah, for sure. And now that you have gone through the process of, of doing a Nifty Gateway Drop yourself, um, do you have a specific favorite type of auction? There are so many different things that like Nifty has really educated me on in terms of these different auction styles. And I was just curious if you have anyone in particularly that you value or enjoy more than the others. Um, I don't know because I have like my my job isn't like ended yet, so I'm not sure. True. Um there are a lot of different options. I really am intrigued by ranked auctions because I, uh, it feels a little bit more like one of ones in a way where there's like a bidding process almost, but um, it's cool if there's like a ranked auction and you pick like the top three, then those like additions go to those collectors. It feels like a merge of like bitters edition mixed with one of ones and regular editions. I don't know. It's like a conglomerate of all these different ways of, of minting and such. So I don't know. It's kind of cool. I, I definitely going to explore for my next volume and do a little bit more research and see what worked for me for this one. Maybe if I want to do another open edition, see what happens. I am working on a very, I would say like a sister piece to the angel eternal devotion piece. So that may be another open edition. I'm not sure, but there's going to be one very similar to that for the next drop that I've already started working on. So I'm not sure what I'm going to do with it yet, but we'll see how like traction has built for this one and see what happens. So I'm definitely going to go based off of how this project works and then i'll see which one which kind of type of auction i want to do for um for the next drop very cool i'm i'm very excited for it either way i I think that it it, i'm very much looking forward to your progression as an artist and especially now that i know more about your backstory i look forward to seeing how like the things that you told me over the course of getting to know you um like continue to persist through your artwork and improve or change or develop. And I'm, I'm very excited just like to see the overall results of the, the pieces that have been released today. Thank you. I'm, I'm excited myself. <laughs> it's been a wild journey this year, so it's cool to kind of start navigating new spaces. Definitely. Definitely. And I think that, like I said, this is a, this is a great uh, space to be exploring. And I think, do you have any specific interest in any like developing technologies in the space that you would want to employ in your artwork? Like, I, I know that we're talking about releasing on different platforms here, but is there anything on the technology side that also specifically interests you? I would need an example because I, I don't think I've really delved into that at all. Oh, yeah, no problem. Sort of like, uh, I, I guess, the the new features on, like, Manifold, where you can create a gallery, or, um, like, using a platform like Deca to display, or Deca to display your artwork and stuff, like, more so things on the, on the curation side and arrangement and presentation side of things. Oh, okay. Um, I do have a man I do have a piece up on the manifold gallery other than that though I I have a little collection on Tez I collect on Tez um and I would like to make a deca I have in on Cyber for my own work so I have my own like little mini gallery of my own one of ones but it'd be cool to kind of 
you know, have one once I get more of a, of a collection myself. I like to collect a lot of photography. Um, not just that, but I have a, a little, little mini collection on objects and I definitely would like to expand on it when I can. Um, but yeah, I haven't done too much with it. I mostly just focus on um, making my own art, but I am also a curator for Nifty. So I would, I'm definitely, look. I have a little mini list of artists I want to contact for getting their own Nifty drop going. Very, very cool. So yeah, I, that will definitely probably be within the first half of next year whether I do one or two or however many artists, um, that's something I'm looking into and definitely getting into curation. Cause I, I got onboarded as a curator and publisher. So I was like, well, let me do my job first and see, see how it works for me and, and learn and navigate how, how nifty does their, does their drops. So yeah, of course. Yeah. I think I'll definitely be curating some photographers cause they're like my favorite people in the space. Um, and then maybe some traditional artists because I, I mean, I I can name like a bunch of traditional artists off the top of my head that I know on Twitter, even oil painters. But at the same time, there aren't that many. I think the market is is very oversaturated, not oversaturated, but it, it's the majority is very digital AI, oh yeah, and, uh... things like that. So it's like I really like. I always go back to my roots of doing traditional work. So. Uh, that's something I'd like to curate as well and find very cool. Find someone in that realm. It'd be pretty awesome. Yeah, that that is awesome. I, I really love seeing like the novelty be- behind pushing for the connection between traditional and physical and the, and the digital because I think that uh, we don't really have all that many people that are entirely willing to abandon their physical reality for a digital world yet. So it's like. We kind of need to understand technology integration in like an AR sense where we are combining existing technology with what we like want to innovate in the future. So combining like, you know, the art world with AR is something that I feel like is going to be the next big step and seeing how that progresses is going to be very exciting. All right. Well, we are um, approaching. Oh wait, am I am I rugging? I think I was muted. I think I muted myself. I oh no problem. Um, but yeah, it was. I I was tweeting something, so I think it got a little messed up there. Oh but no you problem. Can go ahead. I literally don't even remember what I was saying. No, no worries. I was basically just going to say, um, if you would like to open it up for questions or uh, inviting other people up on stage, either for any reason in particular, you're more than welcome to uh, to do that. I'm going to tweet out the room a little bit more as sure. well, since some people have just hit me up about the the project and such, but I'm definitely open to requests and stuff. Questions. All right. Yeah. Yeah. So if anyone has any sort of uh, questions or just wants to come say what's up, uh, congratulate Creepshow on the drop, please feel free to request. Uh, the floor is open to anyone. Um, we are approaching uh, the hour here, so I'll just recap. We are here with Creepshow Art uh, talking about her latest Nifty Gateway drop. Uh, the pieces have been pinned to the top. They're all beautiful. Um, this has been an excellent conversation. We've learned so much about the pieces, so much about Creepshow, and I'm very excited uh, to see the ending results of all of the auctions. And this has been uh, just a, a, won- a wonderful day so far, a great conversation, and if anyone has missed any part of the interview, you will be able to go uh, listen to it afterwards. Uh, it's been recorded and will also be uploaded to our YouTube channel at a later date. So thank you again to everyone who has tuned in, contributed to conversation. And if you would like to come up on stage, please feel free to request. Thank <laughs> you.
and if not we can we can just keep talking about art and your pieces and and whatever for for the time being um i don't know if we when we had any specific plans to wrap things up but we'll see just kind of where the next handful of minutes take us oh yeah absolutely i'm down for i don't know if you have any other questions or if there's anything i missed on uh I'm talking about my pieces. I feel like I I went over them pretty pretty well, but I do have like other projects I'm thinking of doing next year. It's like I had a hard time figuring out if I wanted to drop Nifty at the end of the year or get into um, this other big project I'm working on, which I was also trying to think of getting it done by the end of the year, but it's going to be way bigger than nifty but I've been trying to think of how to incorporate my poetry with my art and getting a book going at some point Whoa. within the new year so that's going to be something that I'm going to be working on hopefully hopefully it will be wrapped up next year at some point but something I've had in mind for a while of doing and seeing how I can also make that into like a 3D readable as an NFT not sure how I can like incorporate books as something I can put on the blockchain, but I've just been doing a little research here and there, seeing how I can go about doing that. So I can kind of start layering the, the creative realms I'm in and yeah. That's very cool. Yeah. I think I've seen a few artists start putting out books recently, which is really cool that you get to see like the traditional aspects still thrive, even though everything feels very virtual now. Yeah, I mean, no matter what, like, you still look around and there are people who love going to a record store or a thrift store or collecting CDs or whatever have you. Like, there's always going to be people who highly value the physical as much as digital advancements continue to improve. Yeah, I don't I don't think it would digital stuff will like completely erase any traditional aspect of of any creative thing. I I'm definitely very nostalgic when it comes to like materialistic items and things from like I've, I've collected records and thrifted as you mentioned and things like that like I love just different memorabilia it feels like time yeah. works in a way for sure yep I'm a, I'm a big fan of uh, vintage and antique retro memorabilia from all different periods of history yeah living in LA it's like you can just kind of pinpoint those areas and just walk in and you're like in a different decade. So I, many different forms of art too. It's wild. Yeah, it's very, very cool. Uh, and you know what? I, I think that it, it's very, it, like me personally, I find it's, I have a specific kinship for it because like it feels like we're keeping some of those very cool things that could have gone completely underappreciated alive by rediscovering them and like, finding new inspiration for them and that, that's sort of what I believe lends to a quality of timelessness I see that a lot in TikTok like how, especially like TikTok audios and sounds like songs that I mean we're still popular to a degree like in the 70s and 80s but you hear these songs all over again just get viral recognition and you're like damn like things are just reviving all over again which is very cool because so many people think like certain eras of art are dead but it really just takes like one kind of one person or one form of social media to like bring that around again yeah it's it's pretty crazy like like i said kind of earlier it's like that accessibility is just sort of nuts where it's like any one spark of attention can revitalize something that was completely missed when it was originally released yeah exactly i yeah i've seen that i've tried to like build my art on different platforms but the way that some twitter just never fails to have such a way of carrying work through so many different forms of people and sometimes like instagram brings your work like you just feel like you're swamped by algorithms sometimes and it's like that a bit on twitter on occasion and tiktok has like millions of videos uploaded every day it's like and such a strict structure of how you can post on there it's it's really interesting how you can how far you can take something on social media and see how many people are able to view it and then that new feature on on twitter where you like you're able to see 
your like algorithm activity or something like that is really mind-blowing and super like strange to see like seeing all these numbers and stressful the analytics are getting to you <laughs> it's it's a lot to handle sometimes but we gotta take advantage of like how fast information can spread now no that's and, very true yeah get our work out there because I feel like before NFTs, like, it was so hard to be able to sell prints and, you know, just, you just relied on galleries and that's it. And now we just have virtual galleries and people who actually care that you didn't think did, which is really nice to finally see that happen for all of us. Yeah, it's just, it's really beautiful to see everyone connect with, like, their most authentic audience. Mm-hmm. I agree. Also, I do have to go in a few minutes so i'm i'm oh no problem i just i didn't want i didn't want to uh seem like i was i was rushing rushing out the door or anything my i'm actually at my parents house and my dad has been wanting me to help him around the house so oh well (laughs) yeah perfect perfect timing yeah i'm like oh i might be going to the beach soon and it'd be nice relaxing time oh by all means going to the beach is way better (laughs) yeah finally there's All right. used to be terrible weather here. Finally, I come to Miami, and it's it's back to what it always has been, which is crazy heat. So, you um, know, I, I hope that you're at least able to get some breeze down by the water and enjoy the day. Yeah, I definitely will. After the drop, it's like, finally, I can breathe. <laughs> yep. But, yeah, I appreciate you having me up here and getting it, getting me on here at, like, short notice and having it be, like, right when I drop my work. Yeah, no problem. It was a pleasure to have you here. Thank you so much. Yeah. All right, everyone. Thanks so much. If there are no final requests, any questions or anything, I think that's going to be a wrap from us here at Burrito Dow. Thank you so much, Creep Show. This has been a pleasure, and we will talk to you guys at the next one.